I'm really excited about starting a new series this morning through the book of Habakkuk. Uh, so go ahead and turn to that Old Testament prophet. It may take you a few seconds to find it. Habakkuk is one of the most vulnerable books in the entire Bible. Habakkuk is struggling with questions, deep questions of pain, suffering, sin, heartache, brokenness. Perhaps some of the same things that many of us are struggling with right now. Not just because of COVID-19, but as all of us know, there were many areas of brokenness and pain before COVID. And there will be many areas of brokenness and pain and suffering after COVID. And even in the midst of this crisis, much of our brokenness and pain and certainly our sin has not gone away. So what do we do? Throughout history, what many saints have done and what Habakkuk himself did was to learn to go to God in honest vulnerability. To cry out and to share our questions and confusions and perplexities with God. In Habakkuk, we see an example of a godly heart wrestling with troubles. And as Habakkuk brings himself in vulnerability to God, God meets him and matures his faith. Not only do we see this example in Habakkuk, but there are four lads from Dublin that give us a model of this as well. The group U2 has been stated by Rolling Stone magazine as one of the top 20 bands in the history of the world. U2 has the largest grossing and most well-attended concert tour in all of history. U2 has won more Grammy Awards than any other music group in history. And if you ever go to a U2 concert, Bono, the lead man, they often close their concerts with a song called 40. It's called 40 because the lyrics of the verses come word for word from Psalm 40. But the refrain actually comes from Habakkuk 1 verse 2 that we saw on the video. And that is, how long, O God? How long, O Lord? And Bono is singing those refrains in light of the troubles that occurred in Northern Ireland several years back, many years back now. And as he thought about the suffering of the people of Northern Ireland, and especially Belfast, he cries out to God, how long? What troubles are you facing this morning? Do they cause you to shut down emotionally and spiritually? 
Or will you allow your troubles to enable you to sing with a sigh? How long, O Lord? I'm going to show a music clip from U2's closing concert song. I want you to notice the faith of Psalm 40, but I want you to also notice Bono going in vulnerability before the Lord. And he seems to tap into this longing that all of us want to express deep in our souls, no matter what kinds of troubles we're facing. How long, O Lord? We might not have Bono's voice, but we can do the same thing. Touch our hearts, look to God, open them up in vulnerability, and sing how long. How long are we going to deal with this COVID crisis? How long? Till I get to work again. How long 
until we worship as God's people corporately again. How long till the economy turns around? How long till my marriage gets healed? How long until I don't feel alone anymore? How long until my children come back to the Lord? Habakkuk didn't have any Grammys. But he sang that song. How long? A little bit of context for you. Uh, Habakkuk writes uh, in the 600s B.C., the 7th century B.C. And the two characters of the story are the people of God, the Old Testament church, uh, the nation of Judah, uh, David's two tribes over which he ruled after, uh, after Solomon, I should say, ruled after there was a divided kingdom. And then also Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, what we now know as Iraq. Habakkuk is troubled by the world he sees. And rather than shutting down emotionally or spiritually, he opens his heart in vulnerability. And God meets him and matures his faith. And as we learn to open our hearts in vulnerability to the Lord, no matter what our struggles, no matter what our troubles, God will meet us and mature our faith. So hear the Word of God, Habakkuk chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. And remember, this is God's very Word. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw, O Lord, How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see, this is God speaking now in response, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that is the Babylonians, That bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might 
is their God. And then Habakkuk speaks again. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. May God bless the hearing and teaching of his inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. This is God's word. And one of the reasons he gave us this word, and especially Habakkuk, is that he longs for us in the midst of our trouble not to shut down emotionally or spiritually, but to open up our hearts to him in vulnerability so he might mature our faith. Let's pray. God, thank you for Habakkuk. And Lord, may we be transformed as we learn how to approach you honestly in vulnerability with all of our questions and complaints and perplexities. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've all heard the phrase, honest to God. But I ask you this morning, are you? Are you honest to God? Do you bury things? Do you numb yourself from things? Do you busy yourself to forget hurts and pains and suffering and questions and doubts? Or do you bring them before the Lord? The principle of Habakkuk is this. You and I will mature in our faith in direct proportion to how we honestly approach God in vulnerability. Three examples from the text that reveal how faith matures as we go before God with honest vulnerability. First of all, Mature in faith by honestly expressing struggles. In the first few verses, it's easy to get in touch with Habakkuk's sense of struggle. Look at verse 2. How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Habakkuk is frustrated with what he senses is silence from heaven. Have you ever felt that? Have there been issues that you have passionately, brokenheartedly brought before the Lord? And it seems that He does not hear. He goes on. The how long is still assumed. How long shall I cry to you violence, injustice, and you do not save? Habakkuk is struggling with God's seeming inaction towards sin. Get this now. Not primarily in the world, but in the church. Among his own people. Have you ever been hurt by the church? 
You ever been wronged? Ever been wounded? Ever felt like you've been missed? Not seen? Not heard? If so, what'd you do with that? Did you shut down? Did you just try to move on? Or did you bring your heart in honest vulnerability before the Lord and sing that song? How long, O Lord? Look at verse 3. Why do you make me see iniquity? We've all seen iniquity and sin in the church. We've all followed the news for many years now of sexual abuse in the Roman Catholic Church. We're aware of power abuse by leaders in the evangelical church. Maybe you've been abused by the church. What do you do with that? Bury it? Or go before God in vulnerability? Verse 3, why do you idly look at wrong? So many people have been wronged by people who call themselves Christians. I've talked to business people, and without fail, they share with me that they'd never been more cheated, more wronged, more lied to in business dealings than they have by people who call themselves followers of Christ. Destruction and violence are before me, he continues in verse 3. Strife and contention arise. These are legal terms. Habakkuk is frustrated by how God's people are dragging each other into court. Has that happened to you? I know both husbands and wives that have been drugged into court by a spouse who calls themselves a Christian. And they were oppressed. They were unfairly treated. Have you experienced that? And what do you do with it? Do you stuff it? Or do you say, how long, O Lord? Verse 4, the law is paralyzed. Some of us have been so wounded by the church that we think it's just filled with hypocrites. The world certainly thinks that. Well, guess what? Habakkuk struggled with that as well. And he was incredulous as to why God seemingly didn't take any action to deal with it. The wicked surround the righteous. Habakkuk is talking about the visible versus invisible church in a sense. The visible church is everybody who gathers for worship. Everyone who professes faith in Christ. The invisible church are the true believers. And in Habakkuk's day, the number of the wicked, the fakes, the posers, outnumbered the righteous remnant and oppresses them. And Habakkuk is struggling 
that God doesn't seem to be dealing with it. Verse 4, justice goes forth perverted. Dishonesty, no compassion for the poor, no kindness toward fellow brothers and sisters in the family of God. Listen, the fact is, even true Christians in the church have created woundedness and harmed people. The church hasn't always been what we're called to be. We haven't always reflected and revealed and represented Christ the way we're called to. People have been hurt, wounded, and wronged. And sometimes it seems that God's indifferent. See, the struggle is not merely we've been wronged. If we're really vulnerable before God, the struggle is also the question, God, why don't you do something? And maybe you've been wrestling with that question for a long, long time. If I could be vulnerable myself, when I first started this church 31 years ago, I was exposed to problems I never even could have imagined. One of those was domestic abuse. Now, if you know anything about abusers, they're really good at covering up. They're really good liars. And outwardly, they're able to appear very kind and very sensitive. Sometimes even very humble. And I've seen it with both men and women. Women can be abusive as well as men can be abusive. But I particularly noticed that I was being tricked by men as their wives would come and share with me how their husbands were abusing them physically, verbally, emotionally. And I just didn't see, how could this be? And I was slow to respond. So I feel I need to apologize on behalf of not just this church, but the church worldwide. If you've been wounded by the church, if you felt unheard by the church or unseen by the church, I apologize. But I also want to ask you, where have you gone with that pain? Have you become bitter? Have you become resentful? Have you pulled away from God? Because you think he doesn't see you either? Please take a cue from Habakkuk. Go to God. Honestly. In vulnerability before God. Open your heart. Cry out how long. And you will see God meet you in your vulnerability. And mature your faith. Mature in faith by honestly expressing, expressing struggles. Secondly, mature in your faith 
by honestly expressing astonishment. In verse 5, the speaker changes. It's no longer Habakkuk. Now it's God's response. Remember, Habakkuk is upset because he sees sin and brokenness in the church. And God is seemingly indifferent. So God says, okay, I'll meet you, Habakkuk. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. Now it's interesting that that God is actually inviting us to open up our hearts in vulnerability as we go before God astonished. But not only does the speaker change, the audience also changes. It's it's not now just Habakkuk that God is speaking to. Uh, The Hebrew brings out that these are plurals now. So again, if, if more of the prophets were just southerners, we would understand more of what God's trying to say. God is saying, hey y'all, look. Hey y'all, see. Hey y'all, wonder. Hey, all of y'all, be astounded and astonished. God's response to Habakkuk's struggle and to your struggle is I do see and I do care and I'm doing something about it. And that's what you're going to come before me with in vulnerability, in utter astonishment. Verse 5, I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. In other words, I'm going to address sin and it will blow your mind. For behold, verse 6, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. Now, there's two reasons why this is astonishing. First of all, at this point when Habakkuk is preaching, the, the empire of Babylon is barely a blip on the international radar screen. How could the Babylonians cause any trouble? It's like the, the, the nation that always gets picked on for being so tiny, like, uh, like Liechtenstein. I mean, if someone were to say Liechtenstein is going to be a world power and is going to judge all nations, you'd be astonished. Now you're getting into the mindset that God wants Habakkuk to experience. But just as astonishing to Habakkuk is the severity with which this holy God deals with sin. You need to realize in Habakkuk's struggle that I just covered in the first point, what he was likely after was just some revival, just some renewal. God, do a work of grace and just make your people more committed. When God responds with Habakkuk, I hear your struggle and I see it too. And I'm going to deal severely with sin. Habakkuk was astonished. His mind was blown. And then in verses 6 through uh, 10 or 9, God describes the severity of the Babylonians. Verse 6, they're bitter and hasty. They're impetuous. Verse 7, they're dreaded and fearsome. Verse 8, their horses are swifter than leopards. In other words, there'll be no mercy. They are a cruel, malicious bunch, and they can't be outrun. 
There will be no escape. Verse 8, they fly like an eagle. You ever seen vultures with roadkill? And how they rip shreds of flesh off the dead animal? That's the picture God gives Habakkuk with how he's going to deal with sin. And keep in mind, not in the world at this point, but in the church. There's another astonishing statement in 1 Peter 4, 17. It's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. The astonishing truth of the holiness of God is He will deal with my sin. And He will deal with your sin. And He will deal with sin in the church. And Habakkuk is astonished because he was just hoping that maybe God would cut out the gangrene of the body of Christ. But this, this seems like too much. But there is good news here. There's something even more astonishing that God wants Habakkuk to experience in his presence. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, Paul is preaching to some unbelieving Jews who are persecuting him the way they were persecuting Jesus. And, and Paul uses these words from Habakkuk almost word for word. He says, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For God is doing a work in your days that you would not believe even if someone told you. Now what is this astonishing work that Paul's talking about to unbelieving Jews that God is doing? It's the work of the cross. You see, as Habakkuk opens his heart honestly in vulnerability, God matures his faith. He opened his heart over the struggle of God's seeming indifference to sin. And now he's astonished that God's going to deal so severely with sin. He says the Babylonians are going to come. A pagan nation is going to come and is going to judge God's people. But hidden in this is the good news. That as the Babylonians ripped the flesh of God's people. The Romans and the unbelieving Jews will rip the flesh of the representative and king of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth. Through Habakkuk's approaching God and vulnerability, God reveals the cross. Christ experienced the fearsome dread of Roman torture. God's judgment of Judah prefigured God's judgment of Jesus. So that as we're astonished at the holiness of God and what our every sin deserves, as we wrestle with that, God will also reveal to us the beauty 
and wonder of Christ. On August 6, 1945, the United States dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan. On that day, there was a little Japanese girl named Machiko. She was walking with classmates home from school. The air raid sirens went off. The signal that bombs were going to be dropping from the sky. But Machigo didn't run, neither did her friends. She just happened to be turning a corner when there was a bright light. And instantly her friend that had not turned the corner and were several paces behind, they were instantly turned to dust. In a few moments, the heat wave from the atomic blast literally melted the skin of Machiko. We know this because her story was carried by various news outlets. And people were even able to see pictures of her on newsreels. Knowing what we now know about the power of destruction of an atomic bomb, if you were there and were able to say something to, to, to Machiko and her friends, what would you say? You'd say, run. Run as fast as you can to safety. And as Habakkuk brings his heart in vulnerability before God, and God reveals the severity with which he will deal with sin because he's the holy, righteous God, Habakkuk's preaching will now change. And now he's not just after a little revival. Now he's proclaiming with passion, with a fresh view of sin, and even a new vision of grace. Run. Run, little girl. Run, little boy. Run, grown man. Run, grown woman. To safety. To Jesus. As fast as you can. Have you done that? Have you transferred your trust from your own efforts to try to cover up your sin? Have you gone before God in vulnerability and honestly confessed your sin? And are you trusting the one who is prefigured here? The one who was ripped apart? The one who was crucified as judgment for sin? And have you placed your hope in Him for safety? And then thirdly and finally, mature in faith by honestly expressing confusion. So stick with me here for the story. First of all, Habakkuk is struggling because he sees sin in the church and he's wondering why God isn't dealing with it. Then God says, oh, I see it. I am the holy God and I'm going to deal severely with it. And I'm going to do it through the ruthless Babylonians. Now, Habakkuk has a new struggle. A new complaint. Now he's absolutely confused. He's thinking, wait God, these are your people. These are the people through whom the Messiah will come. These are the people that reveal and represent you to the world. If you 
If you bump them all off, if you judge them completely, what will happen to your name? And so he says in verse 12, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? He's, he's saying, God, now I'm really confused. Have you ever asked for something in prayer? And God answers. But He answers in a way that brings absolute confusion. I have. What do you do? Where do you turn? Do you bury it? Do you just get angry? Or do you open your heart in vulnerability and bring your confusion to God? If you do, He will meet you and He will mature your faith. Verse 12 you see the confusion. You can hear it in Habakkuk's voice. We, we shall not die. Dot, dot, dot. Will we? He doesn't understand. Just like the disciples didn't understand Good Friday. Just like the disciples failed to see that Habakkuk 1 was pointing to one who would be judged. Jesus just like the disciples were confused when all of their hopes seemed to be gone when Jesus was taken down from the cross dead and buried in the tomb. And they were confused because they didn't perceive Easter was just around the corner. And oftentimes when we're confused, it's because we really don't understand what God's up to. What in your life right now are you confused about? It could be something through COVID-19. It, it could be a million other things. Are you bringing your confusion in honest vulnerability before God? Are you waiting for the Lord to reveal He is the Holy One? He is the protector of Israel, the church. He is our rock, as Habakkuk calls him. He is our refuge. His heart will, in fact, be revealed as good toward you and toward his people. But Habakkuk can't handle it. He said, this is too much. In a sense, he's saying, I'm sorry I ever brought it up. Do you ever feel that way? If you have, have you ever shared that with God? You know, when we relate to best friends, we regularly express emotion and longings. But for some reason, we've been taught or we've caught that Christians don't do that. That good Christians don't express struggle to God. Good Christians don't express astonishment at God's ways that we struggle with. Good Christians don't bring their confusion to God. Where did we get that? The Psalms are filled with how longs, the same way Habakkuk sings. 
Sometimes understanding the words and ways of God can be some, become so confusing. Uh, one Saturday afternoon, in, Saturday afternoon in Darlington, Maryland, there was a, a mother of five who had been visiting her next-door neighbor, and she left her children play in the yard. And when she walked back home, she noticed the kids weren't in the yard. She came up to the front door, and she peered into their carport that was open, had a concrete floor, and there were all five of her young kids huddled in a circle, intently looking at something. She didn't know what it was. She thought she'd walk over and check it out. And to her astonishment, there were her five young children engaged with five baby skunks. She could not believe her eyes. She did what any mother would do. She said, quick, children, run. And the children, hearing the danger in their mom's voice, quickly each grabbed a baby skunk and ran. Clearly, the kids were confused. And clearly, at times, we get confused by God's words and ways as well. Habakkuk was confused, but he kept opening his heart in vulnerability to God. And God matured his faith. What will you do with your struggles? What will you do with your astonishment and shock? What will you do with your confusion? Remember the principle. God matures our faith in direct proportion to our opening our hearts in vulnerable honesty before Him. Will you like Habakkuk? Will you like Bono and you too? Will you like many others in the history of the church? Go before God in honesty and sing and sigh. How long to sing this song? If you do, I promise. God will meet you, and by His Spirit and grace, He will change your life. Let's pray. God, thank You for the book of Habakkuk. Lord, maybe some of us have never read it before. It is a vulnerable book. And Lord, through Habakkuk, You invite us to approach You with honesty, vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, God, forgive us for at times allowing our relationship with you, we allowing our relationship with you to become so fake. God, make us real and bring us that revival. Bring us that renewal and mature our faith. God, if there's anybody here this morning watching and they have not become astonished at the severity with which you will judge sin one day. May they run fast as they can to safety in Jesus. And God, may you continue to be our rock. In Jesus' name.
Amen.